When I go out and look at cheaper bags and I sometimes ask the shopkeeper, is this real leather? And he's like, at this price, you'll never get real leather. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm in my head, I'm like doing fist bumps and I'm like, yes, yes. you know. <laughs> were harmed in the making of this podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the new episode of The Two Vegans. Thank you for listening to our episodes and if you haven't heard our previous episode, we have spoken about some vegan mythbusters. Today is a different episode and we have a special guest on our show. Victoria Parker, a design consultant who specializes in eco-fashion and is also an active vegan based in Dubai. Hi Victoria, how are you? Hi there, I'm good, thank you. All well, thank you for coming on the show. I'm quite excited about this particular topic. We are going to focus on vegan fashion today. So Victoria, as a vegan, are there any things that you do differently than any other design consultant out there who's not quite focused in eco-fashion? To be honest, most of the difference is to do with the fabrics that are used. So obviously there's a big trend for things like fur. It seems to be a big issue at the moment. It's th- using things like fur, skins, leather, suede, silk, and also wool as well. So basically, um, somebody who's a vegan or eco-friendly or environmentally aware would choose not to use these kind of fabrics fabrics in their collections or in their designs in any way, whether it be interior design, fashion design or anything, because these obviously come from animals and there's a level of cruelty involved. So it's just a case of avoiding these types of fabrics, really. So when I have uh, clients that I work with, I try to offer alternatives to these types of fabric. Right. So all these fabrics that you currently mention, I'm quite aware of them as well. And um, I think there's this big trend coming up in the market about compassion and fashion. It's relatively easier for people who are transitioning to being a vegan to change their closet before they can change their diet. Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, it's just sort of being aware of when you are shopping. I think it's in some ways it is similar to when you're eating. So when you're eating, it's, uh, you know, being aware of how um, something got to be on your plate. There is a lot of disconnect between what's on our plate and where we buy it in the supermarket or the restaurant. And I think in a lot of ways it's similar with any product, and that's including fashion. So, you know, picking up a lot of people think, you know, a silk shirt is really, really beautiful. But then it's just being aware of, you know, where did that silk come from? What's the process? Many people are aware, not everybody, but many people are aware the actual silkworm is boiled alive um, and that's how they take the threads out of the silkworm so a lot of people would be like well you know it's just a silkworm but if you are a, a vegan and or you are ethical environmentally friendly this kind of thing um, that's something that you're not going to be okay with that something has suffered in order for you to to have this product fashion is very important because people kind of reflect their personality and their personal style and their character through fashion and I think for me the way that I work that's kind of how I feel that definitely nothing should suffer just so that you can look good especially when we have so many alternatives when we were back in the day we we were all living in caves maybe we needed fur as a way to keep warm and you know to protect from the the elements but these days it's just not necessary there's too many alternatives out there that we can use and we really don't need animals to be dying and slaughtered just so that we can look good. Absolutely. And I think today where there's fast fashion, where literally people are buying and chucking and buying and chucking things on a regular basis, people have kind of disconnected from where this is actually coming from. Most of our fabrics and most of our clothes these days are made in poorer countries, if I can say. For them to be able to cater to such demand, they don't quite care about sourcing the product ethically or manufacturing the product ethically. And that's where people need to stop and take a look as to where this is coming from. So you mentioned that silkworms are actually boiled alive. And what's 
scale do you think that is being done around the world? Demand is huge. Um, silk is seen as a very, very luxury item. And I'd say for a lot of the clients that I work with personally, silk is something that very often comes up in the course of conversation. I do a lot with intimates like lingerie and nightwear. And in the nightwear sector, silk is huge. Also, it's seen as a natural fabric. And um, this is, because there's such different areas, you know, you've got, um, you've got natural fabrics, you've got environmentally friendly fabrics, you've got cruelty-free fabrics. But just because something is natural doesn't necessarily mean that it's environmentally friendly or cruelty-free. Silk is a perfect example of that. It's a very natural fabric, but very cruel in terms of how it's produced. Cotton is a natural fabric, but it's not necessarily very environmentally friendly. There's a high level of uh, pesticides that's needed to be able to keep production of cotton on a huge scale. So they're not all automatically, you know, completely linked. Like I say, it's, it's seen as a luxury fabric, a luxury natural fabric, and a lot, a lot of people do like natural fabrics. So um, I think that's why there is a huge, such a huge demand globally for it. I think the biggest production is probably in China and India. I think these are the two main countries that produce silk. Um, on such a high level. There is also actually a fab, um, one of the silks available is called a, a Himsa silk, which is also known as peace silk, as in peace and love. A lot of people see it as a, the perfect alternative because the silkworms are actually allowed to live their natural life. But there is a bit of an issue with that in that there is such an overproduction of repopulation of these um, silkworms in order to get like the huge quantities that a lot of the silkworms actually die quite early. They can't actually sustain the huge amount of silkworms so it's not actually as cruelty free as a lot of people imagine it is to be honest to him's a silk or standard silk i think it's if you're truly a vegan and you really are concerned about the the cruelty aspect it's not something that's really worth considering which is a shame because silk is a beautiful fabric but principles <laughs> of course absolutely and i think the fact that animals are not placed on this earth to service you is something that vegans believe in and a lot of people do come to me and tell me that oh but this animal was killed humanely which is a complete oxymoron I mean you yes. can't <laughs> you can't kill somebody humanely who doesn't, doesn't want, want to, to die. die today I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of other alternatives that feel like silk would you probably give us an idea on what are the alternatives that we're looking at yeah obviously most synthetics are cruelty free in terms of the fact that there's no animal that's actually suffered during the manufacturing process the only downside of synthetics and actually a lot of fabrics that we talk about there's the environmental damage which could just have a knock-on effect on the animals that live in the environment so for example the dyeing processes of a lot of fabrics and just something like a, a denim for example which is a cotton the downside is that during that dyeing processing and then the finishing processing that they do there's a lot of chemicals involved in the textile industry that when they get flushed out of the factories and into the rivers it kills the fish potentially goes into those rivers obviously go into the sea and then there's other marine life that then gets affected by it. And as we now know, you know, there's many fish in the sea that do have high levels of mercury, plastics, all of the kind of problems with their health because of the amount of chemicals that we dump into the sea and the textile industry is a big part of that. I think natural dyes, there are a lot of companies that deal with natural dyes and I think that's something to look into. But if you're looking for something, an actual silk um, alternative, there's things like uh, bamboo silk. Bamboo is fantastic. You can get bamboo jersey, bamboo cotton, bamboo silk. 
talk. And bamboo is great because, as many people know, it grows like crazy. It don't need any kind of pesticides. You don't have the problem with the bugs. So it's very eco-friendly. But also, it can be made into a lot of different fabrics, like the silk and the cotton. It's naturally antibacterial. It's very, very good for um, products that are close to the skin. For example, underwear, nightwear, that kind of thing. Another one is soy silk, which comes from the remnants from the, the soya bean processing. So, for example, tofu. The remnants that come from that production will be sold to uh, a factory that's making soy silk. And what they will do is they will turn those remnants into a kind of a thread that will be then be either woven, knitted, whatever. And you can create soy silk, soy cotton, very eco-friendly and vegan alternative, cruelty-free uh, alternative to a lot of the fabrics that we have. Okay. So speaking about fabrics that are high in demand around the world, I think, or maybe even more than silk, is leather. Your yeah. bags, your shoes, yeah. your accessories, your belts, and there's so much leather. Your sofas, your everything, everything has mm. pretty much has uh, sofas, car interiors, car. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's it's the same case with dairy. And I think when there's so much of it around you, you stop mm. realizing that this is wrong. Yeah. And I think that's the case with leather as well. So, what do you, what are your thoughts on leather? Obviously, it's horrific. Yes, it's very sad that we. We are using so much leather, and I think sadly a lot of people see leather as um, oh, it's a byproduct of the meat industry. I think when you actually know there are cows that are killed just for the uh, for the leather, it's really sad, and it is a very very highly in demand fabric. There's, there are sort of like PVC or ple- what they call pleather um, alternatives, which is like a synthetic leather. There's a lot of that around. Um, I've got a leather jacket myself that's like a, a pleather. But something that I find really interesting is. Um, there's two innovations that are out at the moment and one of them I'm probably looking to work with very soon. It's a fabric called uh, the first one is a fabric called Pinatex and basically it's a leather that's made from pineapple leaves it looks really fascinating it was a lady who I think she was based in Portugal and she's created this because she was sourcing um, leather from I think it could have been the Philippines or somewhere in uh, the Far East and she saw that the absolute destruction the leather industry was having on the obviously for the animals but also the environment it's the same as the meat industry the environmental damage never mind the cruelty it's the environmental damage as well because of the you know the huge amount of water that's used to enjoying the processing and the tanning and everything chemicals as well to to take the the raw hides into into a leather so as she was investigating all of this i think she was pretty horrified by it and that's when she started seeing that the local people were using the sort of like the threads from the pineapple leaves and that they were actually able to make this into like a textile so during the course of the uh, the investigation and the development this is the fabric that they've come up with and which is called Pinatex and it looks incredibly like leather and it's really really beautiful and so this is something I'm investigating at the moment for two of my clients and I'm going to receive I think next week I should receive the samples and I am so excited to receive them because it looks like beautiful fabric and if I can you know show this to my clients and say well look you were thinking to use leather but this is an eco-friendly you know alternative it's cruelty free it's eco-friendly it ticks all the boxes it's a natural fabric as well why don't we use this and I think that people will start jumping on alternatives like this and realizing how important it is to switch to alternatives like this and if something like this can really grow and gather momentum I think it will really pave the way for a lot more innovation another innovation that is not I don't think it's quite as far developed as the Pinatex but it's called a muskin and it's leather made from mushrooms they're more sort of they're not quite as far developed yet but I think they're developing it and they're getting there but 
I think it's really exciting that we're able to use plants and vegetables and fruit and try to make really, really nice fabrics so that we don't need to have such a bad impact on the environment. And it's cruelty-free as well. So I'm re- these are two that I'm really, really excited to work with at the moment. No, that's amazing. I think once you have the pineapple leather over here, I'd, I'd really love to check it out. I yeah, mean, it's yeah. I, I never thought that I'd get to see that in Dubai anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was going to travel all around the world and then come to, to this country. Let me know when you have it. In yeah. fact, do you have do you have an Instagram page? I do, yes. So for our listeners, maybe you can put up a picture. Yes. Uh, do you want to give them your handle? Yes, sure. It's lady underscore VLP. So please check lady underscore VLP on Instagram. We're hoping to see the pictures of all kinds of cool fabrics that you have. Another question that I had on leather particularly is, yeah. besides being a fashion statement for centuries now, people also use leather to keep themselves warm. These alternatives that you speak about, do you think they do the same job or is that something that they would struggle in? That is something I would need to investigate myself. From what I understand, it has the same properties or better product properties that as leather. So it's more breathable than leather is. Um, I imagine it's got the same properties of, as leather for the, the warmth. But I still think that um, there's always sort of like a lining that you can use in a, if you are going to have like, say, leather jacket, for example. You know, if you've got a good lining, a lot of the time it's a, it's a good lining that's going to give the garment an insulation. So it's something to investigate, but I think there's ways around it. In this day and age, we've got so much knowledge of fabrics and so much innovation. There's ways to make sure that it would work. Right. While we're talking about keeping ourselves warm using some fabrics, I think the three big culprits there are fur, wool and feathers. Down feathers, if I may call Mm. that. A lot of people do not recognize the kind of cruelty that is involved because most people believe that fur, wool and feather comes from standard shearing of an animal and it does not involve cruelty as such. It may probably involve a certain amount of distress to the animal but not hardcore cruelty there's a lot of cruelty involved especially for fur where animals are being skinned alive I've seen videos from China honestly it's not even just China it happens in I think there's a a massive fur farm I think it's either Norway or Denmark and they're one of the biggest producers of fur fur had a a recent upsurge Um, it was it came back onto the catwalks it was a few seasons ago and it suddenly seemed like all the designers were doing something Um, I think it was autumn winter it was either last year or the year before and all the big designers were using fur in their collections and it was really disheartening it was really upsetting because it seemed like um, there's all there'd been all these campaigns about you know trying to kill the fur industry and then it suddenly seemed like it had gained like a a, you know a popular kind of feel again and there are people like JLo Kardashians Kanye West all the standards who else Uh, Rihanna's been seen wearing fur it doesn't help when people like this are wearing fur because they're glamorizing something and the worst thing is that people like JLo and the Kardashians um, they've been shown by Peter they've been the people for the ethical treatment of animals they've been shown uh, videos of the fur industry they know what happens they know what goes on they know how they get the fur and they still wear it and that's really really sad that's really really sad because also they're giving the message that we don't care we're still going to wear fur because our image is more important to us so it did seem like there was going to be an increase in in the fur and i think there is a little bit out there but this year um there's been a lot of campaigning anti-fur and it's actually been a really good year because um 2017 gucci uh bcbg max mara uh, michael kors and jimmy chu even just last week or something they've actually all banned fur from their collections so starting from next year so i think that would be their spring summer 2018 collections all fur has been banned and I think that's really key because I think if big brands like uh, Gucci and Michael Kors stop doing that I think 
fingers crossed hopefully it will have a big trickle down effect and it means that you know then because I think they're going to be especially somebody like Gucci who's a um, huge brand and I think a lot of people follow them to see what they're doing and they take on a lot of what Gucci are doing and then they do it themselves so if Gucci then start to do this and there's no major impact in their sales so many of the brands are going to do the same because they're going to see that it's not really impacting their sales which unfortunately money talks and that's the most important thing for a lot of brands um, fur has already been banned I know it's banned in the UK I think it's banned in a lot in a lot of countries already um, a really sad thing um, is uh, there was a recent story about um, I think I'd mentioned it to you last week or about um, it's banned in the UK but um, due to the the mass breeding of animals in China and they do not even just foxes they do like even cats and dogs and even cat and dog fur has been made you know into like gloves hats whatever um they because of the, the mass farming of these um, animals for the fur they've driven down the fur price so low it's actually cheaper than fake fur so in the uk there was an incident actually had an item i think it was a pair of gloves fur trimmed gloves or a hat and um somebody bought this pair of gloves and suspected even though it said fake fur on the label it was actually turned out to be real fur they had it analyzed in a laboratory and it turned out it was probably cat hair so it's actually banned in the uk but because of the low low price of real fur versus fake fur it was actually cheaper for that chinese manufacturer to put in real fur than to put in fake fur that meant that they're margin themselves was actually lower it's good that it was highlighted because i think it's something that a lot of buyers and retailers need to be aware of that you know if real fur is so much cheaper than fake fur they need to have something in place to ensure some kind of testing or some kind of punishment to ensure that this kind of thing doesn't happen no i uh, i remember you mentioning this a couple of weeks ago when these countries are importing that for there should be some kind of tests that are run especially when you have a law in place that mentions that actual fur is not a out in this country so I'm quite amazed was this like a one-off case where they missed it but uh, for the layman I would I mean we obviously live in a very very warm country mm. uh, and I've, I've always lived in warm countries but you definitely are from the UK and you do experience cold weathers um, when when I'm going out shopping how do I actually differentiate between is there any way that I can personally on my end differentiate between actual fur and fake fur there is a way I think uh, with fake fur um very often the actual uh, hair itself of the fur is much more blunt cut at the end, whereas real fur will always be tapered towards the end naturally. And I think also if you part the fur and you look at the skin in which it's embedded, on a fake fur it's, you can kind of tell that it's more sort of glued into place, whereas on a real fur you'll see the fur actually, the hair will actually be coming out of the, the skin as it would um, naturally. If in doubt, don't buy it. That's what I would say. And do we have alternatives to fur besides fake fur? Not really. Um, it would be really nice if there was um, some kind of humane way um, to get fur and the animal stays alive. But then it would be similar to the wool industry where in theory it's meant to be humane the way they you know they shear the, the sheep but we all know that in real life a happy shorn sheep is not necessarily the reality that there's a lot of abuse in the wool industry and in terms of alternatives at the moment it's just synthetics that's available.
I mean, the synthetics are good. I think there has been questions raised about the environmental impact of fake fur because um, synthetics are not always um, really the best in terms of uh, the environment. It depends how, how far you want to take it. You know, are you cruelty-free? Are you also environmentally aware? But if you really want a fur and you don't want the cruelty aspect, I'd say the fake fur is the way to go. If you're also environmental, maybe just avoid it altogether and go for something else. Besides fur as well, the people who are aware of the cruelty behind fur try and usually switch to wool or down jackets if i'm not very well versed about this why would you say that there is cruelty involved in shearing a sheep or shearing a bird for that matter same as uh, with factory farming of meat to be honest or or any dairy i think when there's mass farming for mass consumption of a product the key driver is uh, money and in order to keep the the money coming in and to serve the masses it's just going to be speeding through as many it's like a production line basically you've got to speed through as many products as you can which is fine if it's a if it's a car or it's a packet of biscuits or you know a chair or something but when it's a sentient being to run that through like a production line is a very very different scenario so the problem with the mass manufacture of um, wool or uh, yeah down feathers for uh, you know like a duvet or a pillow or something like that is that um, the in these industries they've got to speed through as many animals as they possibly can in order to get the highest amount of whatever it is that they need be it wool or be it feathers in order to try and speed through those animals take sheep for example when they're shearing there's not necessarily the correct level of care that's taken so you know people think of a happy little sheep that's being you know sheared like a like a puppy in a in a parlor right they just think it's going to be beautifully taken hours over it's nothing like that it's you know it's practically having its skin ripped off in order to get that wool and i watched a video about um pregnant ewes that were not very few, just a few days away from giving birth, being tossed around like uh, rag dolls while having their wool sh- uh, shorn off them, and then thrown out onto a, into a field or something. So, and the same with the, uh, the the feathers. The level of care that's taken when they're the pretty much plucking these feathers out of this poor bird um, and the level of abuse that happens is just because they're not taking any care because they can't afford to because of the time 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 you know it's speeding through it so that's where the problem lies really again avoid avoiding it is better what are the cool innovations there are in the market currently i mean we obviously spoke about the pineapple leather and mm. we spoke a bit on uh, soy silk besides this uh, are there any other alternatives out there in the market that are picking up or have the potential to pick up in the near future because a lot of, obviously a lot of vegans are very like, sort of eco-friendly and envi- environmentally aware there's a lot of recycled fabrics that are going on at the moment and are really picking up a lot of popularity there's designers such as Stella McCartney um, Adidas H&M they're all using um, recycled fabric there's a number of manufacturers actually around the world what they do is they take uh, the plastics so there's one company that actually specializes in taking plastics from the ocean and as we know there's a, a huge problem of the plastics making its way into the rivers and into the oceans which affects the marine life huge amount of uh, plastic that's ingested into uh, into the fish uh, which then if you are a fish eater then you're ingesting all that plastic so um, and it kills a lot of birds and marine life just through the sheer amount of plastics that they're ingesting so what this company does is they're taking a lot of the plastic that specifically t- try, they try to take from the sea they melt it down and they make sort of thin fibers or fine fibers and then they reweave that or knit it into a fabric like a polyester or like a silk or or lots of different fabrics actually so the fabric is made from recycled plastic bottles basically um, I'm working with a, a client at the moment and we're using a fabric exactly like this it's called um, Econil and it comes from plastic bottles and we're doing swimwear fabrics with it I think these are the kind of 
areas where the innovation is needed because it's hand in hand trying not to be cruel towards the animals and trying to save their environment and this seems to be really picking up in popularity so so my favourite uh, my favourite designer in the industry actually is Stella McCartney because um, all of her products are vegan and cruelty free and uh, she's a pioneer in uh, leading innovation and things like this. Um, a lot of the companies she works with are vegan and cruelty free and so the fabrics that she's using are also environmentally friendly. So she's probably um, a designer that I would really recommend and look towards because she, her own ethics are that she's very environmentally friendly, cruelty free and uh, vegan. And that goes for her cosmetic, I think her perfumes and uh, things like that as well. Okay, I was actually going to ask you, is Stella McCartney vegan? <laughs> and then you're like, oh, right, we're recording an episode. <laughs> yeah, but I, I also wanted to add on, on this particular point is that Stella McCartney does very high-end fashion and some people can and some people cannot afford it. Mm, yeah. And I think, uh, personally, I, I am not a big high-end fashion, even though I'd like to be, but my pocket mm. doesn't allow me to be. But I also find that when I'm on the other end of the spectrum, which is street fashion or cheaper fashion, they are by default vegan. Most of it, not all of it, of course. When I go out and look at cheaper bags and I sometimes ask the shopkeeper, is this real leather? And he's like, at this price, you'll never get real leather. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm in my head, I'm like doing fist bumps and I'm like, yes, yes. you know. <laughs> so I, I think just by default, a lot of yeah. cheaper fashion is vegan and, and not a lot of people know this. And True. it always helps to ask the shop attendants as to what fabric this is. Definitely. With clothes, you obviously have labels, but sometimes with bags and shoes, you don't. Yeah. And I think uh, that's, that's um, pretty cool that this is something that I don't have to come out of my comfort zone or it's not like I have to compromise on fashion at both end of the spectrum that you are if you are a high-end fashion shopper if you're a street fashion shopper there's ample opportunity to become a vegan mm. and um, shop cruelty free I think the only reason I mentioned Stella McCartney is because a lot of the uh, the street fashion brands there they they take a lot of inspiration from the big brands so it's always great when somebody like um, Stella McCartney or Gucci going for free when they do something quite often because a lot of the people like H&M and Zara they, they, they tend to they take a lot of inspiration from the big brands so if they see that a big brand is um, is going cruelty free like uh, you know banning fur or whatever and they see that they're very doing very successfully with that they'll quite often they'll follow suit because they'll see that it's something that's really working so that's why I'm really really happy when the big brands do something really key like this because then it just has a filter down effect throughout the rest of the industry I think taking on from the fact that you mentioned that Stella McCartney also does perfumes and besides her I think there are a lot of cosmetic brands these days whether it be perfumes or lotions or hair products or anything like that that are now opening up avenues for building cruelty-free products they have realized that there is no need to test products on animals or have animal ingredients in it so yeah um yeah i, I think it definitely seems to be um the going the way forward uh, one of my personal favorite brands is um kat von d she's vegan her ethics are fantastic and i think that shows throughout her whole brand so she's somebody that you can 100 percent trust because um her own ethics are so strong so you know that that would be carried on through the company that run her brand is called a company called kendo and i think they also have they have kat von d they have uh, fenty which is rihanna's um, beauty line and mark jacobs so all three of those because kendo as a company don't are cruelty free and they don't test on animals or use um, animal products so um, as a result those three 
brands are all cruelty free and and vegan um, by default which is fantastic but I think there's some others as well as uh, if you want to go cheaper there's um, a brand in boots called uh, Gosh Cosmetics from Copenhagen in Denmark they're cruelty free uh, there's a British brand called uh, Barry M which is super cheap and uh, and they're also cruelty free I think there's a lot there's actually there's a little bit of a grey area is that there's a lot of brands that are cruelty free such as Urban Decay and Too Faced a few others as well but problem is their parent company does test on animals so it's a real grey area because some people feel like they will still buy from them because the that brand specific brand is cruelty free and they're trying to give a message that you know they're trying they're buying from a cruelty free brand rather than someone like Estee Lauder who does test on animals but it's whether you feel that you know if you give your um, money to someone like um, Urban Decay that's owned by I think it's L'Oreal you are in indirectly giving your money towards L'Oreal so it's it's where you sit on that personally I wouldn't give my money to a, a brand that's owned by Estee Lauder or L'Oreal because indirectly I'm giving my money but some people don't feel that strongly about it so that's a little bit of a grey area and then the other thing is, do they sell in China? Any any company that sells in China, uh, beauty or household, whatever, uh, they're always going to be tested on animals because that's China's law. So if it's um, sold in China, big no-no automatically. Yeah, I think this is this is a very hot topic for debate amongst vegans themselves. I personally am totally against companies that do test on animals or use animal ingredients. But when there are companies like, for example, L'Oreal claims that they do not test on animals unless... Yeah. they're selling in China like yeah. you mentioned or for that matter even the body shop which was actually a trendsetter of non-animal testing fair trade and I jumped on that opportunity and I was like there is a brand that has come out here is pretty much selling the same stuff why shouldn't I pick it up and I have it in my convenience and body shop was everywhere at some stage you know? mm-hmm. um, but then after some time they were bought by a big company I think by L'Oreal they've now been sold to another company with, and they've regained their cruelty free status Um, I think it was this year or last year I can't remember when they were bought but they've actually been sold by L'Oreal now but for a long time yeah true vegans and animal lovers would not touch Body Shop simply because even though the Body Shop itself kept their cruelty free uh, principle and they wouldn't test on animals the sheer fact that they're owned by L'Oreal who do test on animals just meant that for a lot of people it didn't matter if uh, Body Shop is cruelty free because their parent company is not cruelty free so you know what's the point in, in buying from Body Shop it's interesting you say that because I was going to say that I never stopped buying Body Shop then the company itself believed and had certain principles and my message to L'Oreal would have been that I'm going to continue supporting a brand that you hold that is vegan because at the end of the day everything is run by demand L'Oreal needs to see that there's more demand for body shop as compared to their other brands which test on animals I think there is no such place where you could actually draw the line because in that case I shouldn't be buying soy milk from a supermarket that sells dairy or go to a restaurant that Mm. serves non-vegetarian food Mm -hmm. but the second I find that there's a restaurant that has had a vegan option available I I consider that as a victory. Because you're showing the demand for that product, yeah. If I don't do that, if I don't show the demand, there is no way that particular brand is going to consider shifting. Yeah. So I'm on the other end of this debate and I know it's it's a very controversial thing that I'm it's seeing on my very, podcast yeah. right now. It's a very grey area, a yeah. very, very grey area. Well, this is just my personal opinion and I, I believe that where it's very difficult to draw a line. It it's is. very difficult to, and I've always maintained this from the start of uh, my vegan activism, that there's no such 
such thing as a 100% vegan or there's no such thing as a one size fits all everybody's doing whatever they can and if me buying cruelty free products despite them having a parent company that does test on animals i would rather do that and show them that there is a demand for this so you guys need to stop doing that yeah i'm yeah, looking I'm... forward to all the slack that i'm going to receive after this <laughs> I think everyone has their own way of, uh, of um, sending their message, don't they? And um, that's great. I think we're reaching the end of the podcast. I just wanted to ask if you have any tip for our listeners in terms of buying something and how can they reduce their impact on buying cruelty-filled products or non-vegan products or even environmentally unfriendly products? Um, I guess, aside from what we've discussed in terms of the actual um, fabrics itself, um, I think uh, one of the, another big area is probably packaging. I think uh, the less packaging uh, we have, the better. Or if we insist on having packaging, then some kind of eco-friendly packaging. There's a lot of plastic. Plastic is a huge problem, huge, huge problem. So I think um, if there's any way that you know we can buy products with less plastic, that's already... Um, um, a step in the right direction, you know, where possible. In a lot of countries, they've actually introduced um, a, uh, uh, you know, with the plastic bags, you have to pay extra for it. And apparently it has a really, really juicy amount of people who are taking plastic bags now, um, which is great. So it's really reduced a lot of the plastic in that area. Look for innovation. Look for something that is recycled. There's so much information online these days. There's so much information on Instagram. Um, look for designers who are doing um, ethical products, who are doing vegan brands, who are, you know, using uh, these fabrics that have innovations. And if we support the alternatives, like the leather that's made from the pineapple and like the, the soy silk, if we, if we support these and, and try to make them more mainstream, hopefully we'll see, you know, real silk. I mean, it will be a challenge, you know, for silk and leather. These are seen as really key fabrics, luxury fabrics. Maybe same as what's happening with the dairy industry, where the, the sales are starting to go down, and the meat industry as well, where the sales are starting to go down. Maybe we can actually do the same with the leather industry and the silk industry and the fur industry. And yeah. And I think it's quite important to support your um, local vendors. Definitely. The, small brands. The small brands, the individual brands, because, well, one, they're more, they're more flexible to the demands that you may have. And two, that they do not have the means to enter into any kind of factory farming or yeah. supporting cruelty and getting tests done and things like that. And they're, um, I think it's very, very important that we lend that kind of support to these people so yeah. that tomorrow they, they are basically the future brands of the world. World. And um, I think another thing that people can do is uh, on the point that you mentioned about recycling, I also think reusing is something very important in fashion, which yeah. a lot of people are not doing. Yeah. I try and uh, make an effort to buy used or pre-loved items because when I go out, well, one, it's really, really pocket friendly and it's really cheap. And mm. people mm. go, people sell some really good stuff out there. Mm. So, you know, consider going to your nearest flea markets and see that you'll be amazed by the amount of stuff that uh, people are selling at such throwaway prices. Um, I've got some really, really cool buys from uh, flea markets here in Dubai. So yeah, that's our vegan tip for the day. And uh, thank you so much for joining us, Victoria. You've thank given you. us a lot of, lot of good information. Uh, <laughs> most of it was new for me as well. Right, so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And uh, please follow us on Facebook. We also have an Instagram handle called the2.vegans. Um, and please also follow Victoria's Instagram handle, which is lady underscore VLP. And uh, Victoria, you're going to wait for the pictures of the pineapple that are at least Yeah, I will post. Uh, today or tomorrow excellent so thank you so much for listening thank and you guys have a good day bye bye